and welcome to the Vibrant Light Podcast, your home for uplifting faith-based commentary. I'm your host, Alicia. Today, I will be discussing the word truth, what it means, and how some people are trying to change it. When we think about the word truth and what it means today compared to what people meant by using the word truth 10 to 15 years ago, it's two very different things. Currently, we live in a culture where there is this societal push to make truth a very relative concept based on one's individual experience rather than commonly understood norms. There are a lot of theories as to why this may be the case. When I think back on when we first started to see this change in how the word truth was used, the first thing that comes to my mind is Oprah Winfrey, because I remember, gosh, maybe even 20 years ago, her using, first using this phrase with her guess of my truth, her truth, your truth. And I don't know that she's the one that coined that phrase, but she's the first person I can think of in mainstream culture who really put forth this idea that people can have their own truth. The problem with that is the word truth is a powerful word. When somebody makes that proclamation that something is their tr- their truth, it implies that it can't and shouldn't be challenged because for them what they're saying is real and it's fact and who are you to say it's not now that's not to say that different people can't experience the same thing differently that's not what i'm saying when i push back on this use of the word truth if i think about two people who were in different cars in the same car accident they're going to have very different perceptions about what led to the circumstances and what happened in the car accident. It doesn't mean that one person's experience or perception is true and the other person's is false. They're simply different. One person might have been very emotionally shaken up by the accident where maybe the other person wasn't as frightened by it but if one person says that the other driver was trying to kill them and they weren't that doesn't make that true Uh, you can't say well I the way I experienced it my truth is they tried to kill me that is my truth well that may be how you felt in the moment, but it's not the truth if, if they weren't. If, if an investigation is done and it's determined that it's purely an accident, you as the other driver can't insist that it's true that that person was trying to kill you. I think most of us can agree on that. So for those who sort of push back on using the word truth in that context of someone having a personal truth, it's not that I'm disputing that different people can't have different experiences and perceptions. It's that the use of the word truth is not appropriate in that context. It's experience and perception would be the words to use, not 
truth because truth implies something undeniable. The Declaration of Independence states the powerful words, quote, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, end quote. They are truths because they are self-evident, as they state. They are truths because whether someone is a God-fearing Christian or an atheist humanist, there is something that runs deeper than country or religion that as human beings, we know this to be true and why this concept was used to found our country over 200 years ago. And regardless of where people lie politically, I think any reasonable person would still stand by that statement. Yet these days, there are people with various motives and various ideologies who want to redefine what truth means, to say that truth is relative and varies from person to person. This is dangerous because it undermines a lot of those fundamental ideas that our society is based on. And we see the consequence of this resulting in a breakdown of our society in many ways. When we think of a lot of the social issues we're dealing with now and the somewhat passive response that some people are taking and the enabling going on of destructive behaviors and the redefining of sexual norms and gender among even the youngest of children because people want to justify their own self-destructive behavior by trying to normalize activities like even prostitution and drug use and pedophilia within society. Now, I know a lot of people will might find that dramatic and will try, and people who don't want to hear that will try to gaslight those of us who speak up about this. It's interesting when I think of how people respond um, because in discussing these issues and the people pushing this new way of thinking, the word that comes up a lot is groomer. And it's interesting when thinking about the use of the word groomer, how that has become a little bit of a dog whistle in that you can really tell who's pushing this by how they react to that word. The people who are pushing this new way of thinking don't like that word and they almost treat it as a slur. But that's exactly what all of this redefining of truth is. It's grooming the next generation to believe that any type of behavior can and should be accepted and normalized, even if it results in harm to themselves or others, all under the premise of to each their own. So I know there are people out there who will be offended by this. If they hear it, my guess is at all, because my guess is they're probably not listening to a Catholic podcast to begin with. But if somebody with this line of thinking hears this, um, then most likely they will try to label what I'm saying as hate speech. But when myself and others speak on these issues and the problems with the way norms are being redefined in our society, it's exactly the opposite of hate. It is out of pure love and compassion. It's out of concern for 
the health and happiness and safety of our communities and the future of our children and the society that they're going to be living in in 20 years. It's about not wanting to see people try to normalize abuse of themselves and others in the name of freedom. Because freedom doesn't mean trading agreed upon societal norms and safety and well-being for being a slave to destructive and addictive behavior. When we think about laws and our legal system, a lot of that is based on what we would have in the past considered truth. Law really just consists of those self-evident agreed-upon rules that we have collectively decided as a society should exist for everyone's well-being and for society to function effectively and efficiently. We understand, we at least we have understood in the past, that we can't allow murder and theft. But when we look at what's gone on over the last five years or so, we see this push for the normalization of late-term abortions and passive attitudes towards property theft and property damage because we no longer agree anymore on what are the truths as to what is considered acceptable behavior. And it's interesting because I talked in the last episode about how I'm noticing the way people drive now. It's more aggressive. And we have laws that rule the road, but what I've noticed is a lot of people ignoring those laws. And I have to wonder, is that sort of a reflection of this attitude of you won't tell me what to do. I'm not going to stop at that stop sign. I'm not going to stop at that red light. I'm going to drive as fast as I want in whatever lane I want. I'm not following your rules because we're now seeing a more pervasive mentality of this idea that everything is relative and I can do what I want. When I think about what's going on in our public schools also and the battle between parents and school districts, it used to be considered true that parents and teachers should and would work together for the benefit of the students But now that relationship has become very adversarial with some school districts, including the public school district where I live, feeling that they have the right to undermine the parent-child relationship. And there are a lot of people who are advocating for that. And we're talking about government control of our children. It just blows my mind that there are people out there, a lot of people out there, who want this for their kids. And it makes me wonder if the people pushing for this have kids, it used to be understood that children with developing brains don't always have a clear perception of their reality. A child may not understand the decision that their parents are making that are for their benefit. So for the schools to simply take the word of the student as to what's going on at home and then turn around and undermine the parent based purely on the child's perspective is very dangerous. Think about it this way, and I think this is something very important for everybody on both sides of the issue to understand. Kids are at school in most states 180 days of the year. So that's six months of the year for, say, six hours a day. So it's half the year for a quarter of the day. If you do the math on that, that means children are with their parents 90% of the time. 
what gives schools the right to have the final say on anything having to do with how that child is being raised, what medical care they get, what name they use. They don't have that right. But because we have made everything relative, any assumption a parent has that their child's school will cooperate with them, will work together with them for the benefit of their child is no longer true. It should be, but it's not. Because the assumption that parents and teachers should work together that, that 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 is a true a truth we've agreed upon as a society as a society we no longer agree on that that's no longer considered true and that's not to say that there aren't bad parents out there there are but it is not the job or the right of the schools to make a decision on a whim to undermine the parent child relationship that is what social services is for. And they should report accordingly when they see abuse. And understand that a difference of opinion, a difference in political views, a difference of, in religion is not abuse. And in those situations, the schools have absolutely no right to step in and to undermine the parents. The worst part of this shift towards truth becoming relative is that those who are redefining what is true, as much as they insist that truth is relative, they're also very hypocritical because once they have redefined what they see as true, they will then push for that to be accepted as the truth. They will do everything they can to shut down conversation and debate and attempt to discredit anyone who dare oppose them. And what's really scary is how we've seen it seep into official government policy, such as what's going on, like what I just said in schools, where the consequence of not going along with their agenda can actually cause people to be, students to be kicked out of school, for parents to lose their jobs or even lose custody of their own children. There was a case in Vermont recently that made the rounds in the press of a middle school-aged girl who was being forced to share a locker room with a boy who was claiming to identify as a girl. So the school let him use the girl's locker room, which is happening everywhere. And according to the girl, the boy said some things that made her uncomfortable. And when she reported it, she, the, the female student, was disciplined. Her father, who attempted to support her, was then also fired from his job. The family then in turn sued the school district, which then in response dropped the discipline actions against the female student, the girl. That's really scary that it's gone that far, that we're not willing to protect children out of fear of this woke mob that wants to redefine what is age-appropriate. That in the wake of the Me Too movement, we would punish a young teenage girl for not wanting to undress in front of a boy. It's disgusting. And it makes you wonder what's motivating that attitude. Now, think about that. So what do we do? This is always what I want to try to end with what do we do and try and find the light that's my goal here i think we have to stand up and and i've said this before 
I keep saying that when we hear these things, when we encounter these issues that we have to push back, like that brave girl in Vermont did. Um, it just, it breaks my heart that, that she went through that. It's just, it's so backwards. It's so backwards. And we have to support those like her who are standing up because these movements these anti-truth movements are growing because they are allowed to grow because they keep repeating and repeating until they get people to believe that what they're saying is the new truth and if those of us who don't really know what truth is if we don't push back it becomes a lot more difficult to set a tone to to reset the tone and while catholic school and homeschooling are great alternatives oftentimes the best option for not having to have our kids in these situations is doing that because they're the ones who are most vulnerable to this stuff but it's not an option for everybody to to do that not everybody has access or the ability to uh, switch switch schools or homeschool so even those of us who are able to remove ourselves from the public school environment it's still important for us to be aware of what's happening in public schools um, because those, you know, those who are battling these issues are, you know, maybe stuck there. And also because public schools and universities, they, they shape our society. They really are planting the seeds of what our culture is going to look like in the future. So even if we don't have our kids in public school or maybe don't even know children in public school, we're all still impacted by what happens there. And this isn't just a school issue. This is happening in workplaces where employees are being forced into participating in certain initiatives because if they don't, they risk losing their jobs. We can't be afraid because... Christian or not, these people are not on the right side of history. Normalizing drug use, prostitution, child abuse, child mutilation is never okay. And that is the truth. It's not a religious truth. It is the truth. And we need to stand firm on what truth is. And I will tell you that when I encounter people who have these radical ideas, they are not great at defending their positions. Their only defense is to personally attack the individual who is disagreeing with them. They can't support that these ideas are helping people or are leading people to thrive or better society because they don't. So the common response for them is to just say that you're hateful or you're being oppressive or you're backwards. I don't really engage with that. I don't think people who are really entrenched in these ideas are open to dialogue. So my approach, if I know someone who is of that opinion, especially if it's somebody I do care about as a friend or a family member or somebody I know I'm going to have to interact with regularly, and this comes up, I think, and I've said this before, but it's really just to approach them with a lot of questions because there's nothing we really need to defend here. They're the ones attempting to redefine truth and concepts that we've all known to be true for centuries. So if they want to turn society on its head, they need to be the ones to explain why. 
Why do some school districts think it's appropriate to show children pornography in schools or have pornographic books in the library? Why do some municipalities think it's beneficial to allow addicts, drug addicts, to use drugs in quote-unquote safe, safely, safe environments? And why do these same people want to defund religious schools and churches and pregnancy centers? Those are the questions I would be asking them. And what are their results? How is it benefiting? Most likely, they're not going to be able to answer those questions. It's all very sinister, and sometimes it really does feel like we're in a battle against the devil. I know that sounds dramatic to speak that way, but evil works in insidious ways, and it's not always as obvious or dramatic as Hitler or a serial killer. It's Evil is sneaky. It's the wolf in sheep's clothing, so we can't be passive. I'm not saying we need to be aggressive, but we need to be firm and assertive and not be afraid to stand up to these ideas when we encounter them. Thank you so much for listening today to the Vibrant Light Podcast. (music) 